Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. Happy Friday. And happy spooky season, Dom. Oh. It's October. It is. It is spooky season indeed. <laughs> yes, it is. How's the week been going, my friend? Going well. Coming off of a pretty good week. We had the recap Monday mm-hmm. of a pay-per-view we waited forever for. Nice. Another great special episode Wednesday. Yeah. A deep dive. A deep Wow. We were exhausted after that. That was one. a long... That was our second longest episode of the podcast so far. Did not think that was going to be the case going in. No. Sometimes you just can't predict those things. Yeah. We were not Mystic <laughs> Mac in, the, in that one. Sometimes we just can't. Like, we think it's... Like, I thought it was going to be like an hour 15, hour 20. But once we start going, man... We just go. Yeah, we just go. That's what I love about this format. You know? That's true. Yeah. And but, now it's Friday. And now it's Friday. So we're previewing... This Saturday's card. Have you? Do you know what the hashtag is? Yes, it's hashtag <laughs> UFC Fight Island Four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. UFC hashtag UFC Fight Island Four. That's a mouthful. The preacher's daughter Holly Holm. Yes. In her twentieth main event. Yes. Going up against Irene Aldana, a a someone who's kind of. Came out of nowhere here. She's on the cusp. She's on the cusp. This is essentially... Yeah. I mean, for Irene, at least, this is... If she wins, she's getting a title shot. Yeah, I'd I'd say say. so. If Holly wins, I don't know. (laughs) But probably. (laughs) But just to give you guys a little preview of what fights we're going to be talking about here, I'll just go run down the card real quick. So we start our main card. Actually, I do want to... This is the first time I'm ever going to do this, but... I'm going to give a little shout-out to our headliner on the prelims because one of my favorite fighters of all time, uh, Carlos, the natural-born killer, Condit, is back. And he's headlining the prelims against Court McGee, who's another just tough-ass dude. Pretty sure that's a grinding wrestler type guy. I know I've seen him fight. I just can't. He's, it's hard for me to remember off the top of my head. It makes I just me wanted sad. To give, I just wanted to give Carlos a shout-out because... Um, what you're going to see when we break down this main card is that there's a lot of unknown. Yes. this I texted Noah earlier before recording and said, basically six, if not more, of our ten main card fighters are the definition of a prospect. Yeah. So, And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just right. saying that um, for a lot of you who are into it as much as us or don't or maybe have lives and watch other things Uh, maybe you might go oh I don't really know who most of these people are I'm not that interested but you have a legend down there on the prelims Carlos Condit who is in a big fight here because he's fighting for his career at this point yeah Carlos made his comeback fight how long ago was that and he lost was that the uh, one against Chiesa UFC 232 Jones Gustafson 2 I'm pretty sure yeah, he lost that fight. He is on a five-fight losing streak right now. Carlos Condit is? Mm-hmm. Now oh, that's God, now that's dating that's dating said. back to that fight of the year with Robbie yeah. Lawler. Yeah. Since then, he's lost to Damian Maya. We watched that. Uh, remember that was Fresher, one. freshman year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched that in the. Um, I think that was a fight night main event. It was reason. not. Well, actually, it was a main event. You're right. That was the fight that showed. Damian Maya still was oh, yeah. title challenger right there. Uh, then he loses the decision to Neil Magny at UFC 219. Then he loses via guillotine choke to Alex Oliveira. The other cowboy. The other cowboy. That dude's a fucking savage. <laughs> yeah. And most recently, back in December of 2018, UFC 232, he loses via a Kimura in the second round to Michael Chiesa. So, those are all tough guys. So, um, this is a big fight, though, because, again, he's lost five straight. Yeah, there's a lot of red here. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's lost eight of his last ten, if we're really dating back. I mean, you're dating back to 2012. Wow, so he's not even that active. Uh, I guess not. Ten fights in He fought years. twice in 2013, once in 2014, once in 2015, twice in 2016, once in 2017. Twice in 2018, then zero times Last in 2019, yeah. and now he. This is a guy that's been there and done that too. He, I mean, he 
guys fought the who's who. He lost the, the G- he lost the GSP in one of the t- in a title yeah. fight. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, that. He, I remember he knocked out uh, uh, Dan Hardy, who's now on commentary a lot yeah. for the UFC. Um, yeah, he's fought a who's who. He lost the Tyron Woodley back in 2014. So um, definitely, this is a big fight for his career at this point if yeah. he wants to continue fighting. But enough of that. Just wanted to give him a little Yeah, we shout just paid out. him his due there yeah. to start the episode. Th- well, shout out to Carlos Condit. You said, look at all that red. Okay. <laughs> I mean, fair. Yeah. It's fair. It's yeah. fair. But yeah. I'm just, you know. So we start our night. Oh, I. The actual main card breakdown. Damn it. I should have looked up how to pronounce this guy's name. All right. Daquan Townsend. This is a middleweight fight. Daquan Townsend, who's 0 3 in the UFC, fighting for his. Career really in, yeah. this, in the promotion. I'd say so. Going up against the uh, relatively unknown Dusko Todorovich. That's exactly how I would have said it. Nice. Back to a 10. Nice. Thank you. You were at 9.5 for a while. <laughs> I know, for a while. <laughs> so then after that, we have Bantamweight action. Kyler Phillips, who is 1 0 in the UFC, going up against Cameron Else, you want to say? <laughs> and that was an unintentional, yeah, but. Yeah. He uh, was making his UFC debut. Right. That's why I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> right. Uh, then, pretty big fight here at women's bantamweight. Uh, yeah, Jermaine Durandamy, who has not fought since her title loss to Amanda Nunes to cap off 2019. She's fighting Juliana Pena. Welcome back. Kind of a welcome back for her. Uh, so that's a big fight for both of these ladies. Pena's it's, good. Pena's People good. are probably going to forget about her. She's she is not. Know, she's been relatively inactive. She since had she her baby, mom, I think, you know? in 2017, and she's fought twice since. So yeah. I'm glad she's back. She's a really good fighter. So yeah, for sure. Our co-main big heavyweight boys oh, yeah. going. Oh yeah. Someone's going to sleep, right? Oh yeah. In the first round, <laughs> Jorgen De Castro going up against Carlos Boy Felipe. <laughs> His nickname's literally Boy. B O I, kind of like uh, Jairzinho with the Biggie Boy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They should fight each other one day. Sure. And our main event, <laughs> <laughs> also women's bantamweight action. This is uh, definitely probably a title eliminator, at least for one of these two. You got Holly Holm, Irene Aldana. You know, it's the fight on the poster that you're seeing. Yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one for this division. The women's bantamweight division being kind of at its probably weakest point. It's a little stale. It's right probably now. at its weakest point since its inception. When you're talking about, like, look, Amanda Nunes is fantastic. Yeah. But there's nobody, like, she's cleaned out that whole division. Yeah. I think of the four women's divisions right now, it's safe to say women's strawweight is, like, the most on fire division. Stry- strawweight and then flyweight, yeah. I would say. And then, I mean, there's a, probably a pretty big gap between yeah. strawweight yeah. and flyweight. But, yeah, strawweight's definitely the queen of women's it sucks because bantamweight was the inaugural yeah. women's weight class and it's just i, I think know, it's, it's just in a weird sometimes state. it's a reality when you have a dominant champ yeah. that you clean out the division i mean she's doing it in two divisions though well featherweight's not really a div- it is but it's like it's one at a time yeah there's not a, like a ranking yeah so um it's a big fight because it, irene really it really i don't want to look no disrespect to holly here but she's already been KO'd by Amanda not too long ago. Yeah. So, really, for the good of the division, you have to kind of ask yourself, does Irene kind of need the win this just to get some fresh blood well, in the title picture? Well, that's the thing. So, when we say the Bantamweight division is kind of stale, there are prospects. Right. But the problem is they get to where they're one win away and they lose. Two examples come to mind. Ketlin Vieira. Was well, see, ranked number two at the time and lost to Aldana, which we'll talk about later, who was ranked 10th. Well, that's so there a, goes her title shot. Well, that's the thing about Aldana. And is, then Aspen Ladd was ranked three. Aldana is by no lost. means a prospect. Yeah. She's been fighting in the UFC since 2016. Uh, lost her first two fights in the promotion to Leslie Smith and Caitlin Chukagian, yeah. funny enough. Uh, then wins three straight, including over Betch Correa, and then she loses to Raquel Pennington. And then she's got two wins since yeah. then. The most recent one being definitely the most impressive of her career with that KO in the first round over Ketlin Vieira, who, yeah, you're right. She was being, like, I was big on Ketlin Vieira. Not saying I thought she was going to beat Amanda Nunes, but at least give her some sort of problems. Yeah. But, again, we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, Don't we... want to get into the breakdown too quickly here. Because? It's time for 
The news. The news. So, Dom, what the fuck is going on? I don't know. That's that's the headline here today for our news. No fight announcements. Nobody's getting COVID. Nobody's dropping out of fights. So that's good. That's good. But what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so we're going to start here with... Um, we just talked about this gentleman uh, last weekend. Yep. Our reigning, defending, middleweight champion, Israel the last style vendor, Adesanya has that big win over Paulo Costa and a big kind of grudge match, yes. if you will. A lot of shit talking. Yes. Israel has <laughs> he has not let Paulo live it down since. No. My man has been shitting on him for days. He's on a two week quarantine until he can travel back to New Zealand. He said expect memes for the next two weeks. He said when I run out of ideas with Paulo, then I'll go to the gentleman where yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, because <laughs> This is not anything new here. We've been hearing these two jaw back and forth for a while. But it's our first chance to talk about it. We're talking about, of course, possibly the GOAT, John Jones. Who, (laughs) we're in a very unique place with John Jones here. He is not a champion. He is not. He relinquished his light heavyweight championship a little over a month ago. Yep. With his plan being to move up to heavyweight. Unless, but before that, you had a lot of contract disputes with him. He, Dana said he wanted Deontay Wilder money and blah blah blah. Like, it, it just didn't seem like it was going well. So then he's like, "Well, fine, I'm dropping my belt." Yeah. But then it's like, "But I'm doing it to move the heavyweight." Yeah. Calling out Stipe, calling out Ngannou. He's packing on the weight already, and some of his yeah. training videos. Yeah. He ain't small. No. But, but now you have him jawing back and forth with the middleweight champion which is 185 pounds and this guy's planning to move the heavyweight so you have to wonder what's going on here uh, dom i'm just curious what it's hard to like to me it's hard to like pinpoint what we're really trying to say with this talking point can this fight really happen at this point my biggest takeaway from this is look i know john jones kind of will just like he'll shit talk i mean yeah Sometimes you might maybe we're looking too in too much into it, but ultimately, like these no. these two guys, in some ways, kind of. I know Adesanya typically gets grouped with uh, Anderson Silva when you're talking about who he yeah. resembles, but in some ways, these two are definitely like resembling each other in a way. John Jones, youngest UFC champion in history, won it at. Right after he turned 22, uh, you probably won't see someone much younger nah. win it for a long time. Nah. Uh, obviously, he's been dominant. He's looked incredible, one of the best ever. And then you have Adesanya in a different weight class at middleweight, but who's doing <clears throat> similar things to what John Jones was doing early on. Now he's doing this a decade older than John Jones was doing it. Yeah, he's 32, but. He still has, and he's had a lot of fights, but he's still so, he seems so young. Yeah, he really is. Uh, so it's weird. But here we are where my biggest takeaway is, is John Jones actually going to go to heavyweight? True. Well, this fight, this super fight seemed more realistic six months ago. Yeah. Before we knew John had these ideas of going to heavyweight. But now with John saying he's going to go to heavyweight... It's like, well, Israel's 185 pounds. Right. Granted, he probably walks around 210, 210 yeah. maybe at the most. I he mean, can't be much bigger. He than that. said he plans to go to up to light heavyweight yeah. at some point, and even mentioned going up to heavyweight. Uh, that, which, which is a little wild when you think about it. I can see him definitely. I mean, he's light got the size and reach for it. Well, hold on. When I say size, I meant height. Yeah, yeah. He's got the reach for it. 82-inch 82, 82 reach, so that's going to be a big advantage for him with that striking ability, obviously. If this fight were to ever happen, it can't happen at heavyweight. It <laughs> no, has to it would happen be a, at light It would be light heavyweight. But will it happen? Well, because there's some more factors in here where, like, Jan Blahovich, our new light heavyweight champion, kind of called out John Jones in the post-fight, yeah. which was surprising. But I guess also at the same time not because he wants to beat the guy. Yeah. And John kind of was like, 
y'all mind if I go back down and <laughs> grab get my, my belt, belt real quick? quick? So he's like, would y'all be mad if I did that? I uh, know he's kind of trolling a little yeah. bit, but, I mean, I don't know. Basically, Dana... And said, Izzy plans to defend the middleweight title multiple more times, as yeah, what he's hinted. When Dana, uh, in his interview with, uh, I believe it was with Robbie from Robbie Fox from yeah. Barstool, I watched it last night, I believe he uh, said that when he was listing off who Adesanya's next potential opponents could be, he mentioned Cannoneer, Whitaker, and then Jones and Blahovich. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Damn. He said, he, he was like, yeah, Adesanya has a wealth of options, and it mentioned those four guys, two of which aren't even in his division. Yeah. So obviously Dana sees this guy as being a huge star. Potentially, dude, and, we're like never going to see another Demetrius Johnson, another well Anderson. Think title about it though, you... Adesanya called out Cannoneer. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, will we ever get another guy that stays in one division and defends ten or eleven times? Anderson technically didn't stay in one division, but he still defended the belt eleven times. Oh, I agree. I'm just saying, I'm not saying you won't see that. I hope we do. I I hope that Adesanya double just champs. Kind of, what I'll, what so... I'll say is. Look, does the Adesanya-Jones fight excite me on paper? Sure. But what do I really want to see? I really would rather these guys stay in their own lanes. I want John to go to heavyweight. I want John to go to heavyweight. I want Adesanya to clean out middleweight, if or at least give... I want to see him fight Cannoneer or Whitaker. I want to see him fight Cannoneer, and I want to see him fight Darren Till. Yeah, those fights. And, and Jack Manson. Jack Manson, yeah, that was another one. Got him and Darren Till. We'll get it. Mm. another episode. Yeah, yeah. So Maybe that's my thoughts. 62. But I'm not going to cry if this fight were to happen. I think what's obvious, though, is this fight's not happening soon. That's the second biggest fight to make in the UFC right now. Don't you think? Jones Adesanya? What's first? Probably something along the lines of a Jorge Nate, a Jorge Colby, a Jorge Connor. Hmm. Anything with Jorge's name <laughs> would be number one still, I believe. I think Jones Adesanya might be bigger than Jorge Nate or Jorge Colby. But Jorge Connor obviously would be. If you're talking about biggest, depends on what your definition <laughs> yeah. of biggest. Because really, Connor Habib, too, is probably the. Which we'll get into that yeah. one a bit. But yeah, that's kind of. I just wanted to get your random thoughts on yeah, this. We don't really know where we're going with this. It's, yeah, just, it's just like. It's these weird. guys have shit talked for a while. This isn't anything new. Yeah. But the fact that. John is now planning to go to heavyweight and still talking trash to Izzy. Now we have a new light heavyweight champ in Jan, and then Izzy just defended his title. It's like... You have to question, like, okay, what's really going on here? Yeah. But I don't think this is a fight you will see until at least... I would bet you will not see this fight in 2021. That was the original plan, so... That's my bet. But could be wrong. But I think that's kind of where we'll leave that because we're kind of scatterbrained on yeah. the whole thing. It's yeah. just, it's tough. I Like, you don't really know what to say about it. It's just... But it's taken over but the it's MMA definitely, headlines. It's definitely news. And MMA Twitter, that's what it's been yeah. ever since Saturday. I think the reason why it's less, we're, we're saying less than maybe a lot of these other outlets is because ultimately we don't think the fight's going to be booked tomorrow. Yeah. I think some of these outlets are overreacting to what's ultimately trolling. Yeah. Shit They're, talking. Yeah. But the next one, <laughs> this one is, uh, I don't, this one, look, what, this is another segment on the days of our lives of the light heavyweight or lightweight division, the young and the restless, whatever you want to call it. It's a soap opera at this point. So let's rewind. Yeah, we got to do a little. So we have a huge lightweight title fight coming up this month. Habib Nurmagomedov fighting Justin Gaethje. Originally, the co-main that was announced was Tony Ferguson, Dustin Poirier. Dustin comes out and says, nope, fight's not happening. They won't pay me what I want. Sorry, guys. Pain. Dana says, we'll find another fight for Ferguson. Pain. Tony comes out in support of Dustin. Happy. Tony is off the card. (laughs) Pain. Pain. I don't know. I'm not saying that Tony defending him is what led to that. I'm just saying Tony wasn't on the card. He's not on the card at this right. point. And then, so Michael Chandler. Well, Michael Chandler's inserted as the replacement. 
for Habib Gaethje if someone falls out. Question marks. Um, <laughs> and then, and then what's happened, Connor? Uh, you talked about this on Monday, uh, but Connor over the past week has been just releasing DMs yeah. left and right between him and Dana. Dana said he broke the bro code. Yep. Connor said you broke it first. And you lied on my name. Yeah. Look, man, I don't know what's going on, but Connor, like Connor and Dana appear to be out of the honeymoon phase. Yeah. Uh, so Connor, um, I'm trying to remember who started the exchange, but Connor basically, look, in all these this tweet shitstorm that Connor's been going on, he said he was fighting in the Middle East against uh, Manny, Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao. He apparently wanted to fight Diego Sanchez twice in a year. Yeah. Uh, in Dublin. Yes, as a main event. And then him and Dustin Poirier verbally agree on Twitter to have a charity a charity exhibition. Yes. In Dublin. Yes. For charity. On the same night as the last pay per view yep. of the year for the UFC. So Connor Savage <laughs> for that one. But you know damn well. Dana ain't gonna let that happen. He li- they literally saw that they were working with this charity fight and immediately proceed the next day to officially offer a UFC bout to Dustin and Connor to yes. fight each other. And course. Dustin said he has agreed. This is a rematch years in the making, by the way. Now, there's one more point. Before we get into the details of Connor versus Dustin, there's one little ripple here. Dana also said on this interview with Robbie Fox. We love some Robbie Fox. Yeah, I love Robbie Fox. We need to get Robbie Fox on here. (laughs) Dana says that the plan was for Connor and Habib to coach the Ultimate Fighter on ESPN. Yeah, that's a lot of ratings. And then the rematch. But after what he pulled, apparently Habib said... Fuck you. Yeah, don't disrespect the boss. I go smash. Yes. So now he said Connor blew it. Yeah. So here you go. Here's Poirier. That's fine with me. It's the fight that makes so more first, sense. So first, what are your thoughts on the Connor Habib? Connor Habib. Because I feel like that part's kind of getting glossed over, and I'm like in a way I'm kind of glad because look. I'm glad because he doesn't deserve it. Right. But is it huge? Like, if that would have been on ESPN... Like, I'm surprised more people weren't talking about that. Yeah. It's like, the majority of people are actually talking about this whole Connor dustin charity fight. Now the fight's being offered for real. So, what are your thoughts on the habib Connor stuff first? habib Connor. I'm glad it didn't happen. It shouldn't happen. Connor doesn't deserve a rematch yet. It's, I mean, it's nothing against Connor, right? Well, He's I, not active. And the last fight he won was against number 14 ranked Cowboy. Anybody else beats well, at 14? Welterweight. Yeah, and at welterweight. Connor is one and one at lightweight. Yeah. He's one and one. One and one. He has not won at lightweight since he lost to Habib. Yeah. He hasn't won at lightweight in four years. Now, remember when we talked about tough when we were saying, oh, what they're bringing it back? That This one never crossed our mind. That I never would have thought that was a possibility. The fact that it would have been on ESPN, that's actually massive. Now, that does mean that it's going to be on ESPN regardless. I will say, as much as I'm against these, like, handout title fights that Conor would be getting by this happening, there was a part of me that was kind of sad because I was like, wow, what a missed opportunity. Oh, that would have been... Because you have to think long-term, right? You have to think about... There's a part of us, like, we're businessmen, (laughs) in a a sense. So we, we think of things... A little more rationally when it comes to the business side. Maybe not as... A lot of people are pessimistic about that side of the sport. But we can look at things from a different perspective, Oh, right? this is all dollar signs. When I, when I heard that that was the plan, I was like, wow. That would have been huge. Cue uh, Shane McMahon's intro music. Here comes the money. Yeah, that's so, what that would have been. Even though I that fight itself doesn't do anything for me. I've seen it. Don't need to see it again. Habib dominated. Connor hasn't earned it. I, I'd rather, I'd rather Habib fight Michael Chandler or Tony Ferguson or anybody else. Or if, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with him and Gaethje. But 
I will say that the whole ultimate. I guess now that it looks like Tough will probably be on ESPN. That's though. that's huge, regardless. So I do that's just awesome. want to. I'm just going to throw this out there. Potential coaches for the Ultimate Fighter: Jorge Masvidal, Colby Covington. Holy shit! <clears throat> Not that that's a part of the story, but I just thought of it and I was like, you know what? That's the new number one option. Yep. Forget anything else we said on the few episodes ago. Yep. That's it. That's so, it. So yeah, that's the first part we wanted to talk about. Yeah, that's I'm just it. Gonna, I'm going to leave you guys there. You guys think about that one. Let that one simmer. Let us know with a voice message who you think should be the coaches <laughs> of the Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> nice plug. Yes. So, Dustin that Connor. Point. So now Dustin Connor. Dustin has said he has accepted no word from Connor. Are you surprised? If Dustin's not fighting Tony, this is the fight. This is the only other fight. I've talked about this fight. Yeah. Rematch, by the way, many years in the making. These guys hated each other as featherweights. Now they're friends. Well, you know, they got the the respect thing going on. I I really like that side of Connor. I know a lot of people like the shit talk and stuff, but the Connor that fought Cowboy to me was, was still the confidence in the... The jabs, but still respectful. That's like the perfect. It was like a guy you could have a version. drink with, you know. So Dustin Connor, oh, I've always wanted to see this rematch at lightweight, man. This is whoever wins gets a title shot. Remember what Habib said: if you want a title fight, beat Dustin Poirier. Just saying. And that was toward anyone in the division, by the way. Call me a pessimist. I don't know if this fight's actually going to happen. Will it be the charity fight, or will it be the UFC fight? I don't think it'll be either. Oh. Okay. Now, let me first just say that if this fight does actually happen, or at least get booked and we get an official news on it, I will be ecstatic. I will be... Oh, sorry. Oh, problem with this. Or not problem. In terms of booking, this has to be a main event, right? Yeah, it's and they're apparently looking at December. Yeah, and there's, well, there's one confirmed title fight. I'm still confused on the whole Usman and Burns. It situation. wouldn't be necessarily outside of the UFC to just say screw it. We're doing two pay per views in December. That's true. Well, with one being December 12th, considering they that usually do it late. Considering you're not doing fans, let me see, let me see here. Considering you're having no fans, really, you just have to make sure that. Your infrastructure for your event is in place. They could do just wow. Could they turn around in two weeks and do another pay per view December twenty sixth? In the year with Dustin Connor. Holy! They, pay, it's not like they look, haven't done two pay per views in a month before. Yeah, they've done it before. I mean, they've also done had times where they've outright skipped. Yeah, and usually pay-per-view. in the December they wait until like the last think week. Think of originally. Uh, when Cejudo and Dillashaw were fighting for the flyweight title belt, that was supposed to headline 233 in January of, uh, I guess, 2019. But once the UFC's deal with ESPN came to fruition... Yeah. Or wait, yeah, it was 2019. It was the first ever ESPN headline. They ended up saying, just scrap 233. Yeah. 233 does not exist. Yeah. <laughs> they literally go from 232 to 234. Yeah. And the very first card on ESPN was headlined with that fight. Yeah. So they're not against doing that, and especially when you have no fans to think about, so you don't have to worry about the whole tra- traveling as far as, like, or tickets and But that's gate. another thing, then. But now you just have to try to set up a second event in that month. I, we're, this is all Do they do a Connor fight without fans? Because at this point, he it's said he offered like they're it going to. Him. He to. said he offered it to him. Now, I'm this fine. is why I'm pessimistic. If you're not getting a get Connor gate, if you're not getting the the same kind of revenue you would from a Connor fight, are you really going to try to pay Connor Connor money? Like, I guarantee you this fight's going to be offered to him for less money than he did to fight Cowboy. Is Connor going to accept that? Yeah, probably will because there's not people. That's what I'm God. saying. That's all. That, I'm not saying this isn't one. a bigger fight. It is, yeah. by far. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, the, that is what it is. That the UFC, it's, if you think about it logistically or business-wise, they're not going to, and be, at least in their mind, be able to pay him what they paid him for having a gate, and all, and like everything that comes with just having fans there, the money that that brings in. There's no way that that's a co-main. 
There's no way, right? Well, no. Connor, Connor, Connor won't, he won't be a co-main. He has said that. I just don't think... I'm not super optimistic it's going to happen. Charity fight, I'm even less... <laughs> I, I think that's less of a chance. Did UFC, you think that was cool, though, between them two? I mean... Yeah, sure. It was, but I think most of it was Connor I've, trying to get under the skin of the UFC. That's what I. I the I fact felt like, that he like made Connor, it the same date. I felt like Connor was definitely like trying to flex a little. Bit. I pissed my pants when he's made it December twelfth. Like it was I definitely a bit of a flex. It was like I don't need you, you need me, kind of thing. Yeah. And the UFC kind of backed down. They were like, "All right, here's a fight the next day." Yeah. So they offered it to him. We'll see if it actually happens. It needs to happen. I mean, look, Connor said all that shit, man. He said. I wanted these fights. If you want to fight, you, you got one. Now it's the UFC. And this fight makes on. a lot of sense because. Oh yeah. You want to earn. Your, you want to get that title. Connor shot can with actually Habib. earn a title shot back here. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I'm just not super optimistic that it's going to happen. I don't know. It's, every time Connor's involved, I usually get. I always am like one foot in, one foot out. And Tony can be the backup fighter. Or we well, do lightweight night and do Tony versus Michael Chandler as the co-main. Yeah. Now let's say the biggest loser out of this entire situation is Tony Ferguson. Is Tony Ferguson. Yeah, poor guy. Remember what you said? You were like, Dustin and Tony have this like tag team thing going on. <laughs> Dustin heard that there was a red panty night, and he said, I'm jumping off the train. And Tony's like, where are you going? We just hopped on together. And he's like, sorry, man, I'm about to make millies. <laughs> I'm about to go get paid in full. Hashtag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, poor Tony Ferguson. But yeah, him versus Michael Chandler is the That's fight to make like right it. now. Yeah, yeah. Or him versus Dan Hooker. Yeah. Give me that. Even give me him versus Charles Oliveira. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but yeah, well, I guess we'll leave it there. But it, there's a lot of just going on with the light. The lightweight we division rambled here. The lightweight division. There's always so many moving pieces, my friend. It's because it's the best. Is it? But. Like, <clears throat> keep that in. It's going to be the... It, <laughs> it's the most dramatic division in the whole and UFC. And it's the most stacked division in the UFC. Nice. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, get it out. Spit it out, my friend. All right. But yeah, and that's the end of the news. That was the strangest news segment. <laughs> but, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Hashtag UFC Fight Island 4. It's time. Here we go. So again... Our card. We start with Daquan Townsend versus Dusko Todorovic. Then we have Kyler Phillips versus Cameron Elsay. Jermaine Durandamy versus Juliana Pena. Jorgen DeCastro versus Carlos Felipe. And Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. We'll start at the number one fight on our <clears> main <throat> card. Daquan Townsend versus Dusko Todorovic. Dom, break it down. Middleweight division. <laughs> Daquan is 21 and 11. 12 KOT goes, 5 submissions. That's 17 out of 21. It's pretty good numbers, Noah. True. You know it's not good numbers? <laughs> His record in the UFC. Daquan is 0 and 3 in the UFC. Notable loss, however, to Devin Clark. I will give a shout out. Devin Clark makes our damn. Nitty gritties more than any other fighter. Yeah, shout out I'm to Devin. Sure. Shout out to Devin Clark. He lost to Devin by unanimous decision. Uh, in my well, no notable wins because again, donut. But on the other side of the octagon, we've got Dusko Deuce. It's probably Dus. Dusko. I said Dusko, but uh, Dusko is undefeated. He's nine and zero. Five KOT goes, three subs. That's eight out of nine via finish. And he's 1-0 in the UFC. Technically, that was on Contender Series, but I've always put my little asterisk next to it. So, technically, this is kind of his first actual, like, debuting UFC fight, but we like to count the Contender Series because those guys are a bunch of savages. Um, but there's really not much more to write on uh, Dusko because, again, this is kind of his first big fight. Uh, and I'm just going to come out and say it here. This is a must-win for Daquan. I mean... Mm-hmm. You're 0-3 in the UFC. If you start out 0-4, uh, it's going to be tough to stay in. Yeah. And I'm just going to be straight with you. This Dusko guy is, you know, it's hard to be undefeated. I don't care what your level of competition is. We actually did do a little digging. Dusko has defeated Michelle Piera, mm-hmm. correct? Uh, if you don't know, 
He's got to be like top ten most exciting guys to watch in the UFC. We just broke him down in his fight a couple weeks ago. I'm going. I'm gonna go Dusko in a first round KO TKO. My thoughts exactly, and part of me is tempted to like side with Dequan. The here. underdog. Not because of that, just because. Look, that he's added, thirty. He's uh, thirty four. While Dusko's 26. He's only fought in a contender series, Dusko has. Daquan, despite being 0-3, he's fought good guys, at least for two of the three, Bevan Lewis and Devin Clark, both names that like are definitely in that mid-20 like 20 to 15 range of their divisions, I would say. A lot more experience in terms of fights. We're talking thirty-three. He also has the, he also nine. has a two-inch reach advantage here, seventy-six compared to seventy-four. Not saying that that's you know that's not that much, but I was tempted, but I I think I am gonna go with the first round TKO KO for Dusko Todorovic. He looks very promising. Yeah, he's six-one, seventy-four inch reach, um, twenty-six years old, nine and zero, like. From Serbia. Scary looking guy. He looks like Sid from Toy Story. And Sid Smash. <laughs> Sid Smash Toys. <laughs> yeah. Dusko Smash people. And I think Dusko gonna smash. <laughs> yeah, th- this guy looks like a very promising uh, stud. And just, I- especially, it's not just winning, going 9 0, because again, you're right, it's impressive, but you, you always have to question the level of competition, right? That win over Pereira. That's that's great, especially now. But then also he's finishing all these. Fights. Yes, it's very of reminiscent nine. of when. Not saying this is what he's going to be, but it, it's given me some Hamzat vibes. Yeah, when he was first coming up, which I mean he still is, but you know what I mean. Like finishing all this, these guys. This fight will tell us a lot. A guy who's unknown, but yeah, this fight's going to tell us a lot. This is going to be his first time on the national. This is on ESPN, by the way. This yeah. isn't on ESPN Plus. Yeah. So national television. He had the contender series win, and now your first fight, you're on the main card of a Holly Holm fight. Yeah. I mean, so poor for Daquan here. Uh, we're predicting he's going to go 0 and 4 in the UFC and likely be cut. Um, Could he shock the world? I mean, I, I definitely think that if you're someone who's a betting person and you have some money to throw around, wonder, I, mean, I, do yeah, I bet he's a huge underdog. might be worth it to throw a couple bucks on him because it has the, the, the smells of, like, a potential upset just with that he has a lot more fights. Like, he's got that veteran thing about him. He's got the experience in the UFC, um, regardless of if he's losing or not. Just throwing that out there, but I personally am not going to pick him here. So, yeah. Moving on from there. Bantamweight action, Kyler Phillips versus Cameron Elsay. We got 1-0 for Kyler Phillips, and Elsay is making his UFC debut. So, this one's going to be all on you, Dom. Oh, Give yeah. us that breakdown. I'm going to try my best. Kyler Phillips is 7-1 and one with four KOTQs and one submission. A tough 27 veteran, by the way. Mm-hmm. We love our tough guys. Yep. Five of those seven wins are via a first-round finish. So basically all five of his finishes have came in the first round. <laughs> kind of good. Cameron, on the other hand, i got to flip my page here, is 10-4, and four, but six KOTKOs, four submissions. Noah, that's our first 100% finish rate of the evening. 10 of 10 via finish. However, making his UFC debut, a lot of question marks here in this fight. Two literal prospects here. Fresh, fresh blood for the UFC. Fight of the night. I agree. I, I'm also saying this is going to be fight of the night. <clears throat> Don't know who's going to win. <laughs> so let me, let, let's get down to some of the science here, right? Kyler Phillips, 25. Um, he's 5'8", 70 and a half inch reach. Cameron, 5'8". His reach is unknown. <laughs> but he is 29, so he's four years older. Um, both still prospects, though. Uh, Elsa has he is a, uh, affiliated with Jackson Wink, uh, one of the top MMA promotions. Uh, so, you know. Shout out John Jones. Yeah, John Jones. Cowboy Cerrone used to be there. Mike Holly Perry. Holm. Yeah, Mike Perry's there. Um, 
A lot of good people yeah. come out of Jackson Wink. Karate Hottie. He's got the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Taekwondo background. Very interesting mesh there. <laughs> uh, Two ends of the spectrum, for yeah, sure. Uh, Kyler, he's a, his affiliate with the MMA Lab. Not, I don't. I know there's guys that fight out of there. I'm not good with the camps, <clears throat> but I know it's a it's a it's a name that I recognize. But um, man, this fight is. It's very our, tough to predict because you literally have two guys that are in pretty much the same position here. I think we're in for a barn burner. I think so, too. Do you see a finish? Because I do. Bro, these guys it combined, let's see here, they have 17 total wins between the two of them. 15 out of 17 are via finish. Someone's getting finished in this fight. Someone's getting TKO'd in this fight. I'm going uh, Cameron Elsay here. I'm going to go by... You know what? I'm actually going to go by submission. Third round. Uh, I was going to go third round. TKO for Cameron. Really? I thought we were about to go two for two there. It, it could... I mean... This very could easily well go either way. Yeah, I don't know enough about Kyler Phillips' background. That's the problem. I, I am not familiar with that fight he's had in the UFC. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely, I don't know how good his ground game is, but Elsay's got, look, he's got the Brazilian jiu-jitsu background. Uh, it's just, you know, his last fight, guillotine choke a minute and a half in. Guy can finish it any way, anyhow. Yeah. And I just think that that success, that, that 100%, I think that continues after this one. Third round TKO for Cameron for me. Mm-hmm. Third round submission for you, for yep. Cameron. Going to be a barn burner, though. I don't think That's fight of the night. I really don't think there's going to be a loser in this no. fight, in a way. I think both guys are going to come out looking Put their names good. on the map. Yep, in that Bantamweight division and, yeah. Yeah. that is stacked. That's a hard division to get your name out there in. So, yeah. so here's uh, some more well-known fighters. Women's Bantamweight, Jermaine Durandamy. Coming off again, like I said, that title loss to Amanda Nunes to cap off 2019. She's back for the first time in 2020 to go up against Juliana Pena. This is a big fight for that division. So I'll let you go ahead and take it away. Big bantamweight implications here in the third fight in the main event of the evening. Big ones. Uh, So for Jermaine, she is 9-4. Four four of those wins via uh, KOTKO. She's 6-2 in the UFC. Notable wins coming against Holly Holm via decision. Uh, Raquel Pennington. Via unanimous decision. Uh, Holly was also unanimous. And then her most recent win was a TKO of Aspen Ladd, which is a very good win in retrospect because, again, we mentioned this at the beginning. These prospects in the Bantamweight division are getting to where they're one win away and then they lose. Ketlin Vieira, Aspen Ladd, hopefully not Aldana. That might be (laughs) hinting at who I'm going to pick later. But anyways, uh, notable losses for Jermaine. She's lost to Amanda Nunes, the greatest women's mixed martial artist of all time, two times. She lost to her way back in 2013 via TKO, and then like Noah mentioned most recently in the title fight via unanimous decision. Uh, On the other end of the octagon, we've got Juliana Pena making her long-awaited return. She's 9-3, might even be 10-3. I saw mixed things, but either way, a good record. She's got three KO TKOs. And three submissions, so split even there. Six out of nine coming via finish. She's 5-1 and one in the UFC with notable wins against Jessica I via unanimous decision. Kat Zingano via unanimous decision. And then her most recent win was against Nico Montano, the uh, former flyweight champion. The inaugural women's yes. flyweight champion. Uh, via unanimous decision. And her only loss in the UFC came to the bullet herself. Mm-hmm. Valentina the Queen, Shevchenko, via a submission. Juliana won season 18 of The Ultimate Fighter and has won six of her last seven fights now. But this is a tough matchup for her. I'm going to be honest. I think it's what's. I think this is a good example. I don't want to say like styles make fights like I'm thinking this fight's going to be a barn burner. It could be. could be a great fight. Don't get me wrong. I'm not predicting it to be fight of the night, but it's both women present a problem for the other. In the complete opposite so, way. So, Jermaine Durandamy. Um, you see her MMA record 9-4. and four, Right. Yeah. But this woman 
is a savage. Yeah. If you want to talk about kickboxing Muay Thai, yeah. world champion. Yeah, she's a beast. She has won every world title you can think of across that style of fighting. Uh, there's videos you can look up right now on YouTube of her knocking out a man, which, that's impressive. Yeah. Juliana, on the other hand, has got that ground game on lock. Yes. And you saw Jermaine yes. look super Vulnerable. susceptible to yes. the takedown in that title fight with Amanda Nunes. That that fight, look, Jermaine was giving Amanda some, some fits on the yeah. feet. Yep. But that's why Amanda adjusted, took her down as the champion. In her that's why turn. she's yeah, the GOAT. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest here. These women are both great. And I'm going to... Okay, let me first be honest. I'm not the biggest Jermaine Durandamy fan. She's always going to be on my shit list because of that title fight she had with Holly Holm at UFC 208. That was the uh, inaugural women's featherweight champion. Um, basically... At the end of two separate rounds, after the horn had gone off, uh, Jermaine hit Holly with the hardest shots of the whole fight. Back-to-back rounds. The second one, dropping her. And never got deducted a point. And didn't get a deducted point. So part of that reason being the ref should have docked a point. Jermaine ends up winning the fight, but I just... And then the fallout, like the whole division was set up for Chris Cyborg. So you, inevitably, it's like, okay, well, JDR is going to fight Cyborg. But then JDR says that she doesn't want to fight her because of the steroids in the past. and So then she gets stripped of the bell, yeah. and Cyborg ends up getting the bell. So it left a bad taste in then my Jermaine mouth. Then Jermaine drops back down to Bantamweight. It, left, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. And to this day, I still hold that against her a little bit. And maybe it's not fair. I'm sure she's a very nice, very nice gal. But I, on the other hand, Juliana Pena, she's a mom. She's always been super high class. Never really had any problems. Um, she's became more inactive once she became a mother, which is understandable. Right. But this is a tough... You know, Nico, I get, is the inaugural women's flyweight champion. Was that Nico's first fight at bantamweight, though? I have no idea. I think right. it may have been. Um, yeah, I can't tell you that for she sure. She dominated Nico in that yeah. fight, though. I, however, I think Jermaine's going to win this fight. I'm actually thinking it's going to be a first-round TKO KO. Really? Yeah. I think, Juliana, the inactivity, the fact that this is a big step up from This Nico. is a huge way to come back. Because, look, Nico is a small is small for Bantamweight. And then you're going up against Jermaine. Who's Jermaine is huge yes. for Bantamweight. She's ranked number one in the division. And... Juliana's never been knocked out in the UFC. She was TKO, Dr. Stoppage, uh, back in 2012, Conquest of the Cage. But her only loss to Valentina was by submission. I just think that, that that Muay Thai kickboxing, that is a bitch, dude. And if Amanda Nunes was given problems with it, I don't know if Juliana's going to be able to take, that, take down JDR the way Amanda did. I think Juliana's going to be able to take her down. I think she's going to be able to close that distance. Okay. The reach is obviously where the problem's going to be presented. Sure. GDR is a stud. She knows how to use her length, her range. Yeah. Again, multi-time, world-time, world champion. <laughs> I don't even know. And all those different weight classes, kickboxing, Muay Thai, everything. But, like we said, I know Amanda's like the greatest women's mixed martial artist. But Amanda, should we say, wrote the book on how you want to beat Jermaine? I, I think that's fair. I think Juliana has a lot to prove here. Being inactive over the last few years, she still wants to become champion. She has the tools to become champion. She's ranked fourth. So it's almost like if Juliana wins convincingly, she could get the title shot. If Aldana wins the main event convincingly, she can get the title shot. Then it's like, okay, maybe just whoever wins more convincing will get a title shot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, either way, they have a tough task in Amanda. That's my long story short of saying Juliana Payne is going to close the gap. Second round submission victory. Oh, you think she's going to submit her? That's bold. I know. That, that's bold, my friend. I know. I ain't saying it. Look, I, I ain't saying she can't do it. It's finish night. I'm three for three. Finishes. I know. That's so, so am I. <laughs> That's you. That's usually not like me. Usually, because that's not super common. Yeah, I know. 
But we're having fun. And I think we're going to go four for four on finishes. Because now it's time for the co-main here. Oh, yeah. 100%. Big boys at heavyweight. Jorgen DeCastro going up against Carlos boy, Felipe. Dom, I know we know a little bit about Jorgen. I am not super well-versed uh, well in my boy, Carlos Felipe <laughs> knowledge, so I'm going to let you break it down. The heavyweights are back on the main card, Noah. Yep, they are. In a big way. Jorgen DeCastro is 6-1 and one with 5 KO TKOs. That's 5 out of 6. That's a high percentage. Yep. He's 2-1 and one in the UFC with one of those wins coming on the Contender Series. Notable loss in his most recent fight to Greg Hardy. Uh, on the other end, we've got Carlos, who is 8-1 and one with 6 KO TKOs. And he is 0-1 in the UFC. We've got big boys that like to throw hands. Someone's going night-night in the first round. <laughs> Yeah, here's the thing here. So, Jorgen um, had a couple very impressive wins early on. Um, Alton Meeks and then Justin Taf- Taffa, excuse me. Um, that Taffa fight happening at 243, the most highly attended fight in UFC history. Uh, that was a very impressive win for him, two minutes into the first round. But that Greg Hardy fight was a little weird. Yeah. That happened on UFC 249. That was the big comeback. It was what opened the main card. A, a, a fantastic night of fights. This one was a little weird. Yeah. First round was great. Both guys were throwing bombs. And I will say, DeCastro, he's got that fat on him, you know. He's, he's a little chubby, you know. He was throwing his all in every punch. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, Greg Hardy might be in trouble. But then it appears he got injured or something mm-hmm. because he basically just stopped throwing pretty much anything yeah. for the next two rounds, and Greg Hardy wins by decision. Now for Felipe, only one fight in the UFC, but he lost against Sergei Spivak. That guy, they call him the polar bear. He's 25 years old. That dude is uh, legit. So not necessarily a bad loss there. It was a majority decision as well. So someone scored it a draw. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure. We are getting the finish, right? Question mark? I, I would assume so. But both these guys are coming off decisions. I, yeah. I, now, it makes more sense for Felipe because Spivak has uh, definitely got that grappling mm-hmm. in his arsenal. They call him the polar bear. DeCastro, on the other hand, that was just a weird fight with Greg Hardy. I don't yeah. want to call it bad. It was just, the first round was great. It was just the second and third. I, I don't know. If yeah. he, I can't remember if they said he got hurt or what. The dude just stopped doing what he did for the first round. It just He didn't even look that tired. He just yeah. stopped throwing. But I think Jorgen bounces back here. I think I'm going to go first round KO, TKO for Jorgen DeCastro. Might end up regretting that one. Because uh, Felipe is 25. He's got a 75-inch reach, 6 feet tall. Last weight in, 261 pounds. So he's near the heavyweight limit. Mm-hmm. DeCastro, on the other hand, I believe he's a little bit short. Well, he's 6 feet, 74-inch reach. Last weight in, 262 pounds. We're talking guys reaching yeah. the limit yeah. there. He's 32, uh, so a few years older. Uh, so DeCastro is... Really, these guys' reach is pretty much a pick right there. It's yeah. 75, 74. I, I think I'm going to stick with DeCastro here. It's um, It could really go either way. One shot. It, with heavyweight, it's so hard because mm-hmm. one, one shot from these guys is putting someone to sleep. But uh, DeCastro has shown me more than uh, Felipe did. But you have to wonder. You always, you know... The UFC is always one step ahead, yep. at least. They're putting this guy on the, the co-main. For a reason. And now the same can be said about DeCastro because he's coming off a loss as well. But he was on more of a bigger stage in his first or his last fight, while Felipe's still very unknown. So he, they know that there's something that they're seeing here. They, they believe someone's going to sleep. That's why it's the co-main. It's over JDR and Juliana Pena, who are definitely more well-known than these two. But I'm going to stick with DeCastro by first-round TKO-KO. That's four out of four for finishes. Well, listen, if your prediction for this fight's wrong, 
And so will mine. Because I'm picking the same exact outcome and the same exact fighter. DeCastro first round? Yes. Yeah, I mean... It, Have we really predicted four straight finishes? We're insane. I know. Like We know that's not going to happen. I mean, you would assume, but also... But damn, we Don't sleep smart. on these fights, people. Like, I know on paper... Uh, it may not be the the most stacked fight night, especially when you're coming off of the previous fight night, which was the most stacked yeah. fight night in UFC history, and I will stand by that. Uh, there's a lot of potential in these fights. Yeah, just like uh, the Frankie Edgar fight night. Like, we do our best to kind of really give you guys an idea that if you, just because you don't know the names does not mean you're not going to see great fights. Agreed. And it doesn't mean you're not going to see these names a couple years down the road as contenders. True. That's uh, the beauty of fight nights. Uh, yeah, I agree. Compared to, you know, the, the uh, pay-per-views, yeah, in my opinion. Sure. So, both going to Castro, first round, TKO, KO? Yes. Probably KO? Yes. <laughs> now tell me, we're not about to go five for five finishes, right? Or are we? I don't know. Hmm. So, it's time for the main event. The main event. Holly Holm, Irene Aldana, nothing left to be said. I'll just let you take it away here. Holly Holm is 13-5 and five with 8 KOTKOs, 6-5 and five in the UFC. Hard to believe saying that, really. Yeah. But I'm sure we'll get into that in a second. Notable wins coming against Raquel Pennington. Uh, two times, right? Yeah, two times. Uh, most or The first time via split decision, uh, more recently, was a unanimous decision. The head kick hurt across the world. In front of the previously most attended event in UFC history prior to Israel and Whitaker, Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm shocked the world now. Shocked the world. The biggest upset in UFC history. And I'm just going to be honest, that has carried her ever since. Yep. It's in guess, every promo. guess what? Since that head kick turned around the world, Holly Holm is 3-5 and five in the UFC. Now, all against very top-notch competition. Her losses are literally all former champions. Yes. Or current. Yes. Misha Tate, who she lost the belt to. Valentina Shevchenko, dominant flyweight champion. Jermaine Durandamy held the featherweight belt. Chris Cyborg, one of the goats of women's MMA. And Amanda Nunes, who is the goat of women's MMA. So, <laughs> just putting that out there that she has lost to literally... Yes, five champions. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's the notable losses. Yeah, sorry, I didn't no, no, no. take your thunder. That's either. fine. There are three more wins I wanted to touch on. Sure. The head kick KO on Betch Coea. Oh, my gosh, dude. Betch said, come on, come on. Holly said, all right. Boom! The follow-up right hand, Oh, too. really, the icing you, on the you cake You know there. Betch is, like, yeah. done, and yeah. she's just, like, wobbly and out of nowhere. It was like the Hindo bomb gosh. for the women's division. Poor Betch Craven. Woo-wee! <laughs> That girl just is going to be memed until the end of time. Uh, and then Holly dominated Megan Anderson. That was Megan's debut, I think. Megan had a lot of hype coming yeah. into the UFC from I remember Invicta, watching former that. Invicta not champ. A, not a very exciting fight, but you just had to sit there and be like, Man. And that was a fight for Holly where we saw a lot of wrestling. Holly, you don't see that yeah, from her a lot. Holly neutralized oh, yeah. Megan Anderson. Yes, she did. And sure, Megan's came back in a big way. She's apparently fighting for the belt against Amanda at the yep. end of the year. But that 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 loss or that win for Holly is looking better and better with yep. age. And the notable losses for Holly, you already touched on. All five of them are former or current champions: Misha Tate submission, Valentina unanimous decision, Jermaine unanimous decision, Cyborg decision. Don't sleep on her going all three rounds with Cyborg, by the five. way. Five. Was that a title fight? Yeah, it was a title fight. God, she gets a lot of title fights. Yeah, she does. Five rounds with Cyborg? Not many people can say that, people. Right. I just said people twice in a row, but that's fine. You get my point. And then, of course, the Lioness, Amanda Nunes. She holly home, holly home. We talked about that yeah. on Wednesday's <laughs> yes, episode. Yes, she did. Uh, and then for Irene, she's 12-5 and five with six KO TKOs, three submissions. That's nine out of 12. It's pretty high. I think that's seventy five percent with my quick math from elementary school. Mm-hmm. Five and three in the UFC with wins against Betch Cohea via submission, and like we've already mentioned, Ketlin Vieira with a vicious, vicious left hook that sent her down. One of the best knockouts of that year. Yes, 
And then notable losses for Irene. She lost to Leslie Smith in her UFC debut via unanimous decision. Lost to Caitlin Chukagian via split decision. And then lost to Raquel Pennington via split decision. It's tough when two of your three losses are via split decision, man. Yeah, that's true. That means there were two judges out there that had you win in that fight. That's Uh, tough. What? If there's a split decision, that means the judge had you win in that fight. One judge had her win. And it's happened twice. You said two judges had her win. It's happened twice. So two times one is two. (laughs) Okay, that's what you meant? It was. Okay. But now you're just making me look stupid. Okay. Oh, it's all right, Dom. It's okay. I know. I'm here to. I'm here to. I'm here to clean up your mess ups, my friend. Friends don't lie. <laughs> Shout don't out, lie. Millie Bobby Ball Brown. Don't lie. <laughs> all right. Anyways, that's it. So I'm gonna let you give your prediction first because you've been very uh, bold, I would say, in yours. Yeah, I'm taking it down a little. But Irene is gonna win this fight. You think so? But it's gonna be via decision. Oh, this is going to be so you back you backed off. Is is it because of all the finishes you predicted? Or Precisely just... that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Originally, I cannot. I cannot predict. Five when I finishes. walked in today uh, to your apartment, you literally go, "You ready to see Irene knock out Holly Holm?" Yeah. I went okay. Um, I also think it's going to be a decision for Holly Holm. Yeah. Holly Holm, I think, is going to win this fight. Irene has the hype behind her after that big KO win, and inevitably she could do it again. Ketlin is a savage. Mm-hmm. We just saw that again at UFC 253. But this is the Holly Holm effect. Yeah. As soon as someone rises, she's brought in to bring them back down. Yeah. And I think she's going to do that here. She's again, the gatekeeper and at the same time fights for titles every so often. Yeah. <laughs> She literally has only lost to champions. Yeah. I don't look at Irene Aldana and see champion. There's a first time for everything. It yeah. happens Saturday, October 3rd. Eh, maybe not. But I think that this fight is going to be... Somewhat of like a... I'm, I'm imagining like a stagnating type yes. fight. Like, I don't want to be pessimistic about it, because inevitably, these girls can go out there and put on a show. They both have done it in the past. Uh, it's just, when you get Holly Holm, man, she is such a hard person to figure out. A very accomplished boxer. Mm-hmm. A Golden Glove champion? The first UFC champion ever to hold a boxing world title and a UFC yeah, championship. It's impressive. So, and obviously that, that win over Ronda Rousey has set her to the stratosphere. Yeah. Unfortunately, she's kind of been brought back down to earth. Yeah. But people still love Holly. Everybody loves her, yeah. And she's still top-notch. And she's 37. Yeah. Which is crazy. Aldana's 32. Um, I'm curious here. Aldana's got a 69-inch reach. Holly Holm has a, well, 70. So, kind of squashes that <laughs> but yeah I, I'm, I'm not going to sway here uh, Aldana I think might be getting carried a little bit off of that KO win as impressive as it was um, based off of her losses and like I get it Styles make fights it's not fair to do MMA math it's just I'm, I'm definitely seeing this as like people want Aldana to win because it'll freshen up the title picture mm-hmm. I just don't think Holly's going to let it happen once again <laughs> You might see Holly Holm versus Amanda too. We're we're seeing four women essentially on this main card that are fighting for number one contender spots. In a way, and now, I predict. I, I think it, like. And what's funny is, in my head, I predicted the worst outcome for both. Yeah. It's literally the last two women Amanda has. Well, not the last two Amanda's but, beat, but yeah. she's beat both of them. I think if I'm Aldana, I'm coming in, and you got to know in the back of your head. Number one. A convincing win here, not maybe not a title shot, but I'm one fight away afterward. And number two, if you're out on, you're like, okay, if I put on a better performance than Pena, assuming Pena wins, it's like like I said in in that breakdown of that fight, this is a race between Aldana and Pena. Which one's gonna have the better performance, barring a win, and which one's gonna ultimately get the title shot? And I have to wonder again. I mentioned this in the co-main. 
originally the co-main for this card was going to be Glover Teixeira and Tiago Santos, which yeah. is a much bigger fight. Yeah. So you have to wonder... The UFC has not swayed from this fight being the main event. Yeah. And I know Holly has that star power. She she's always gonna be somewhat carried by the 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 just that moment of d- dominating Ronda Rousey, who had looked so untouchable. But you have to wonder in her spot here, are are they really they might be trying to prop up Aldana here. Could go either way. Because that, that win over Ketlin Vieira is uh, a good one. Yeah. But that's uh, hashtag UFC Fight Island 4. It's a long hashtag. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so as for the next couple episodes here, uh, we have not talked about... We have not. <laughs> so we're really only going to be telling you guys about Monday's episode. <laughs> so Monday... Is just going to be the recap yep. of these fights that happen on Saturday. And any news that comes yeah, in over the weekend, course, with the way course. everything's looking right now, we might have some news. As we the, might not as, have any news. As the world turns, yes. uh, Wednesday would obviously be special video day. We'll see what we're doing for that. Um, so many ideas. So many ideas. That's the problem. Who knows? Maybe this is. Maybe we take a week off. I don't know. <clears throat> we'll see. I don't know why I said that. It's just... <laughs> I'm not. I don't even want to take a week off. I'm just, uh, just because we didn't talk about it beforehand. So that way, people don't get their, you know, don't get too. We know people love the special videos. Oh yes. But maybe it'll be time to do a possible episode two of a series. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe we'll start a new series. Hmm. <laughs> just leave y'all with that. There's only one way for them to find out. This is my way of covering for the fact that we didn't talk about it beforehand. Precisely, <laughs> yes. Exactly that. But with that being said, Dominic Sully, tell the good people where they can find you on social media, my friend. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DSully14. You can find our podcast on Instagram at below average Joe's underscore podcast. You can find our podcast anywhere. And I just want to say this is the start of October yeah. with this fight card. We've got a hell of a month for the UFC. And it's all at Fight Island. And we're here to break it all down for you. So make sure to follow us on all platforms. Pre- Noah, take it away. Precisely. Couldn't have said it better myself, but I'll try. Okay. <laughs> so, um, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at NTBaker underscore, you will be taken to our link tree where you can find links to every platform we're on uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, the YouTube channels on there, our anchor page. Uh, there's even a link to take you to become a what's the word? Supporter, supporter. Yeah. Um, it's essentially a way for you to donate money to the the wealth to the wealth of the podcast. Yes. Essentially, for us to potentially grow it and maybe right. do video podcasts, right. things like that. Um, there's also a link on there for. Oh, I think I covered pretty much all. I of think it. you did. I do yeah. want to say, starting with this episode, also, we will now have the direct link to leave voice messages in the description of not only. YouTube, but on Spotify and all of the actual audio listening mm-hmm. platforms, that link will be added in starting with this episode as well. Because we mentioned the voice messages a lot, and now we can input that link as well to make it a little easier on you all yeah. instead of going to our Anchor website, and then you got to find it there. Right. Not that it's hard to find, because Anchor is goaded, but I, I digress. Yes. Uh, that's our way of saying use that link. Yes. Now, again... To find this, you can go to my Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore. And with that, we're out. And we're going to see y'all on 